Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. Last week I started a series of messages on grief and I'm here to disappoint some of you that it's going to be next week before I finish that. I have some thoughts to share on this first Sunday that we're back in in in-person services and I'm also sharing with you on the online service. These are thoughts that have been stirring in my heart for the past couple of months. Um, I thought I was gonna share them maybe in a midweek musing or something like that. Every time I got ready to share them, it was like, no, that's not right. But this weekend, I believe it is right. So the title of my message today is, You Have Never Been This Way Before. It's taken from a statement that was made in Joshua chapter 3. That's going to be our text today. These are words that have been thrown around over the past eight weeks and even longer than that. Unprecedented. Never in our lifetime. Nothing like this has ever happened before. You know, we're talking about the pandemic, the coronavirus, the financial collapse of the world economy. All of these things have been taking place and are impacting every single one of us. But what I sense is that as the world is changing rapidly, and the world will not be the same after this, that God is calling his people, you and I, this church, to go to a place we have never been before to reach people in this rapidly changing world. God is calling us to go to a place we have never been before to reach people in this rapidly changing world. Now I want to say this, God often takes, God often takes or sends his children to places they have never been before to achieve his purposes. When God takes or sends us, it's often with very few specific details. God's going to send us to a place we've never been before, and we're going to have very few details. Let me, let me just give you a couple of examples from the Bible. Uh, Mary and Joseph in Matthew 2, they've now had the Messiah. They've now had Jesus. What does God say? Take the child and go to Egypt. He didn't say go to Aunt Millie's in Louisville. He said go to Egypt. I don't think they knew anybody in Egypt. They probably didn't speak the language. They're Hebrews. But God says Go. And he gave him very few details except that Jesus' life was in danger. Mary and Joseph went to a place they had never been before because that was God's purpose for them. Think about Abraham in Genesis 12. God appears to him and says, Go to a land that I will show you. Abraham never been there before. Probably didn't know anybody in this land. And so Abraham picks up. And he says, God says to him, Leave your family behind. Leave your relatives behind. You just go. With your, with your spouse, and go. And Abraham goes. Joseph. Now this is one that God sent, didn't call. Joseph, he sold into slavery. Ends up in Egypt. He didn't go there willingly. He's abandoned by his brothers. He doesn't know what's going to happen, but God was there with him. And later on at the close of the story of Joseph... What does Joseph say? You meant this for evil, but God sent me here. He had never been to Egypt. He didn't know the language. He didn't know the customs. And he spends 
a number of years, 13, 14 years before he becomes the leader in Egypt, God sent him to a place he had never been before to fulfill his purposes. God sent Abraham to a place he had never been before to fulfill God's purposes. God sent Mary and Joseph to a place they had never been before to fulfill his purposes. You read the New Testament. As the church was starting, they were sent to places they had never been before to achieve God's purposes. That's the way God works. And so we can learn from others who have walked this road and told us before in their stories. Because God is calling us, Jesus followers, to a place we have never been before to reach people in this rapidly changing world. Which brings us to our passage today. It's Joshua chapter 3. So I want you to grab your Bible. Uh, even though the words will be on the screen, I want you to grab your Bibles. And then grab something to write with to take some notes. There are not note sheets available right now. It's hard to do that electronically here. We won't even have note sheets in the actual in-person service this weekend. So let me give you some context as you're getting to Joshua chapter 3. The nation of Israel left Egypt 40 years before. They had gone through the wilderness. They had been cared for by God. He had supplied all of their food needs. He uh, led them with the pillar of fire at night and the pillar of cloud by day. For 40 years, they had been uh, wandering between Egypt and what was going to be the promised land. They're now near the promised land. They're on the uh, eastern side of the Jordan River. They're going to be crossing the Jordan to get into the promised land. Moses is dead. Joshua is the new leader. God had been taking care of them. He supplied their needs for food. Their sandals didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. He supplied water when they needed water. Now they're on the edge of passing over into the promised land. And that's where we pick up the story in Joshua chapter 3. Follow along with me. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. That's our key passage. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits, that uh, translates to a modern about a half a mile, between you and the ark, and don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now there are about four things in this passage I want to point out this morning. First of all, when you see the ark and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move at that point. That means for them to know when to move, they must be actively looking towards God. They must be actively looking for his movement. They need to be engaged, and then they move. Since you and I have never been this way before, we need to actively be watching for God. We need to be seeking God. We need to be looking to God. I, as the pastor of this congregation, am seeking God. I am looking to see where is God moving us? Where is he taking us? We've never been this way before. Since we've never been this way before, we need to have someone 
Guide us. Give us direction. Show us where to go. That's point one this morning. Since we've never been this way before, you need to be actively looking towards God, or we as a congregation need to be actively looking towards God to lead us and to guide us. The second thing that took place was Joshua said, consecrate yourself. You need to prepare yourself. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to consecrate ourselves. The technical def definition of consecration means that you are to set yourself apart from evil, turn to the Lord, and prepare to be used by God. That's what God's calling us. He's taking us someplace we've never been before, so we need to be actively looking towards him as to where that place is, when we're to move, how we're to move, if we're to go here or if we're to go there. But the second thing is we need to prepare ourselves. We need to consecrate ourselves, which means that we're to set ourselves apart from evil, Turn to the Lord and be prepared to be used by God. Then the third thing is you need to move when God says to move, or we need to move when God says to move. Remember, the Israelites were to be looking at the ark. It was going to be about a half a mile away. And when they saw that ark move, they were to get up and they were to move and they were to follow. They had already consecrated themselves and they were now waiting for the ark to move. We need to move when God says to move. And God was with them when they moved. And here's something I want you to consider. If some of them would have chosen not to move, they were just going to stay put. God was not going to be with them. We have to be ready to move or God will just kind of move and leave us behind. Now here's a point that I think is a, is a key point for you this morning. Every move, every time God causes his people, either individually, corporately as a church body, or the body of Christ as a whole, whenever God calls us to move, it requires change. Often significant change. You cannot stay the way you are, where you are, doing the things that you have done when God is moving. It requires change. See, people say they want to be used by God, but then when change is involved, oh, I'm not sure, I want to, I want to be, be used. See, Mary and Joseph, God wanted to use them. But what did that mean? They were going to have a, a son. Mary was going to have a son out of wedlock. Joseph was going to raise a stepson. They were going to have to live in Egypt for a time. They're going to have their hearts broken, and they're not going to understand everything that's going on. They're not going to quite get this kid that they are now raising because... God had asked them to go someplace they've never been, to do some things they have never done, and it required change, significant change. Since you have never been this way before, since I have never been this way before, we need to be actively looking towards God. We need to prepare ourselves to consecrate ourselves, and we need to move when God says to move. And then comes the promise in verse 5. Joshua said, consecrate yourself because you're going to see the Lord do amazing things among you. That is what we're looking for. As we do these first three things, we are going to see the Lord do amazing things because we've been watching for him, we move when he moves, we've consecrated ourselves, and then we're going to watch him do amazing things. I thought this was an interesting statement as I was studying this passage from Joshua. It's from the Enduring Word Bible Commentary. The author said this, The impossible problems in their way are not seen as an oppressive trial, but as a glorious opportunity to see God work. 
I want to read it again. The impossible problems in their way. What was in their way? The Jordan River was in their way. We haven't quite got to this part of the, the story, but the Jordan River is in their way in flood stage. What is in their way when they get into the promised land? Enemies are going to be in their way. Various tribes, various nations. When they get across to the other side, Jericho is going to be in their way. And the walls of Jericho are going to be in their way. But the impossible problems in their way are not seen as an oppressive trial, but as a glorious opportunity to see God work. They were going to see amazing things in this impossible situation. I believe you and I also, as we're actively looking towards God, as we're moving when God moves, as we have consecrated ourselves, what looks like an impossible situation, all of this that has taken place in our world, how are we going to reach new people? These impossible situations are going to be a glorious opportunity to see God work. And the people back then did see God do some amazing things. Now let me continue reading the story. In verse 6, Joshua 3, Joshua said to, to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel so they will know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the, edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot into the waters... Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the waters flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. What happened is the Lord did another miracle. The river was in their way. It was impossible for all of these millions of people to get across this river uh, when the water was at flood stage. In fact, I believe personally that God chose to have them cross at flood stage so it was more impossible than ju them just normally crossing. Not only was it going to be impossible, he said, now you priest, you go out into the water and stand there. The priest didn't know that the water was going to back up necessarily, but as soon as their feet touched the edge of the water, the water stopped and it got held up several miles upstream at a town called Adam. People saw it. The water just stood up. No water went down the river. The water stopped flowing in front of where the people were going to cross. The priests are out there. It stopped flowing down to the Dead Sea. Probably the, the riverbank at this point or the water uh, was, was soft. God dried it. And the people started to go across what used to be the Jordan River across from the town of Jericho. And the priests stood there, and they stood there, and they stood there, and the people crossed, and the people crossed, and the people crossed, and they probably looked down the way, and they could see the water standing in a heap. 
And then verse 17, the priest who carries the, carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Chapter 4, just a few verses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan. And as the priests came up out of the river, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. That water that was held up in a heap all of a sudden is spread out in the water, in the stream bed again, in the river bed again. And it begins to flow to the Dead Sea. The nation of Israel is now on the other side. They're now in the promised land. And the waters of the Jordan are back in place. They had never seen anything like that before. The Lord did amazing things in their midst. Point five. Since we have never been this way before, we will end up where we have never been. That's, that's obvious from the text, but we need to think it through. Since you have never been this way before, whatever God is going to be calling you to individually, since we as a church have never been this way before, since God is calling us as a church to new places, we're going to end up where we've never been. And guess what? We don't know exactly what that is. Yes, Israel was across the river, but they didn't know what was next. They didn't know how things were going to be handled. And God was going to be doing things new. See, what happened was, once they got across the river, they weren't led by the pillar of fire anymore. They weren't led by the pillar of cloud. They're being led now by the ark. Do you know that once they ate the fruit in the, in the promised land, the manna stopped. They were going to have to start replacing their sandals and their clothes. They were going to start wearing out. Things were different. They were going to have to battle these nations that were there. They were going to watch God do new things in the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. And they were going to take that city. God was going to be with them doing new things in new ways because they're now in a place they have never been. And then my sixth point, and I'll park on this one for a little bit. For Jesus followers, going to a place you have never been is not a destination, it is a lifestyle. Going to a place you have never been is not a destination. Their destination wasn't just to be in the promised land. It was a lifestyle of living in the promised land following God. As Jesus followers, we will be continually going to places we have probably never been. It is not a destination. It is a lifestyle. We should be living a lifestyle of looking for God, seeking God, waiting for him to move. When he moves, following. We should live a, a lifestyle of being consecrated, of being set apart, of looking towards God, of being willing to do what God wants us to do. Our lifestyle should be that we should be always ending up in places that we have never been. This is our lifestyle. And our life will continually live in the new. New is a regular theme in the Bible. Um, Lord, the Lord said several times, Behold, I'm making all things new. Or behold, I'm doing a new thing. You find it in Isaiah 42, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 48, Isaiah 65, Jeremiah 31. We're called new creations. 2 Corinthians 5, Galatians 6 calls us new creations. Um, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. It's promised in Isaiah 65, in Isaiah 66, in 2 Peter 3, and in Revelation 21. 
and we're to be ready to receive new wine. That's a gospel, that's a metaphor in the gospels of God doing new things on the earth. God is taking us to a place we've never been to do new things that he wants to do through us in this world. And new things are uncomfortable. They require us to move. They require us to change. They put us in places we have never been before and some of those places are often not very comfortable. Are you ready to go someplace you've never been before? I've had these thoughts on my heart for the past eight weeks, but even some of this has been on my heart longer and I have been trying to be very humble before God and saying, God, use me. God, help me to reach this new generation that's on the earth. Help me to lead this church to make a difference in our community. Help me to know how to do it. Lord, I want to move where you're moving. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to stay on the one side of the Jordan because I'm comfortable and not go across and see God do amazing things. I don't want to miss out on watching whatever the walls of Jericho is going to be in my life and in this new season for the church. I'd miss that if I stay behind. I want to be used by God. But I'm going to be really honest. I don't do very well with change. I like things the way they are. I like my systems. I like the order of my life. I like to be knowing what I'm going to be doing. And when all of this started to flow and we had to pivot quickly and began to look as to you know, doing online church and then doing in-person and online church and upgrading our online church and, and, and how do I preach to this new generation and how do I preach to an online audience and how do we connect an online audience? All this is new, but I don't think online is just a new thing. Our world is changing so rapidly, but God loves. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's done his part, but then he calls us to go into all the world. All the world just isn't physically around the earth. All the world is the various cultures. All the world is the different ways that we have to present the gospel because the world is constantly changing. That's part of all the world also, and that means we have to be ready to go to a new place, to do a new thing, to reach people. Are you ready to go someplace you have never been before. I am. I think. No, I am. But I'm not sure what it's going to take. I know it's going to make me uncomfortable. I know there's going to be change. I know that I'm going to have to adapt. I know that I'm going to have to lead you as a congregation to a place that's uncomfortable. But this is my, what I believe God is saying. God is calling his people, us Jesus followers, to be in touch with his Holy Spirit, to be looking, actively seeking the Holy Spirit so that we can move when he moves, pivot when he pivots, do things differently because he's saying that's going to work better than the way we've done it before. We need to do what he calls us to do. God is looking for people who, who are living consecrated and ready. We're living set apart from the world. We're living devoted to God. We are living looking to be used by God. He is looking for people who will move when he says to move. And then we will see amazing things. We are going to end up in a place, individually and as a church, we have never been before. And then he's going to call us to move again. 
Because for a Jesus follower, going to a place we have never been is not a destination. It is a lifestyle. Child of God, member of this church, are you ready to embrace this lifestyle? Are you ready to constantly be moving to places and going places you've never been before? Remember, Jesus has been there before. He's leading you to a place he knows and he will give us the tools to be effective in it. The song we're going to close with, Nathaniel had this picked out. It's one we learned several months ago. It's called Waymaker. And it talks about him being a waymaker, a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. But I think it's very appropriate that the first words we sing are waymaker. God makes a way for us to go to a place we have never been before. May the waymaker make a way for you, make a way for me, make a way for the church. God is calling us. Will we respond? Are we ready to go to a place we have never been before and to make this our lifestyle?
Since we've never been this way before, we need to be actively looking towards God, seeking the Holy Spirit. We need to consecrate ourselves, prepare ourselves. We need to be able to move and ready to move when God says to move. Then we'll see amazing things. And yes, we're going to end up in a place we have never been before. For those of you that are new in your walk with God, this may seem to be very uncomfortable. I was just talking to Pastor Evan, and he had said, I'm glad you know this principle of change. Yeah, I've been through a lot of change. Sherry and I, we were in television, and then we got called into ministry. That was a place we had never been before. Oh, sure, I had taught a Sunday school class, but had never been there before. And so we get called into ministry, and now we're doing bivocational ministry. I'm working at the television station Monday through Saturday, driving on Saturday afternoon to the church that we we're pastoring, pastoring on Sunday morning, Sunday night, driving back to where we live, back to the TV station. We had never done that before. And God showed us how to do it and blessed us while doing it. Then we got 
the call to go someplace we'd never been before, not only physically, because we actually moved this next time from one place in Kansas to another place in Kansas, but we moved and we began to plant a church. We started a church. We didn't go to an established church. We started a church. Never been that way before. But we were seeking the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was saying, move this direction. So when he called us to move, we moved. We had consecrated ourselves. We were ready to go. And we saw God do amazing things. But boy, did it require change. All kinds of change. So we planted a church. And then after the planting of the church and the church began to establish, we had to change again to better minister to people. I had to change processes and techniques. Remember, I'm the guy that doesn't like change. I'm the guy that likes my systems. I'm the guy that likes things in order. Some of you would say, yeah, you're the guy who likes to control everything. Yes, this principle is hard on control freaks. But oh, what God will do. Oh, what you will see. Joshua promised the nation of Israel, you'll see amazing things today as I have and Sherry has sought to follow God and go places we have never been before. We have seen God do amazing things. There are people living in Kansas and in other places that are followers of Jesus Christ because of the amazing things God has done. I've seen people baptized in the Holy Spirit because of the amazing things that God has done. I've seen people healed because of the amazing things God has done. Because we're willing to go to a place we have never been before. And so I take everything that I've learned from the past and I apply it to the present. Our world is changing, has changed. I do not want to be left behind. I am not going to sit on the opposite side of the Jordan. I'm going through. The waymaker is moving, and I'm going through. With a bit of trepidation, with a bit of anxiety, because I don't know what the future holds. I think, <laughs> we should leave this to the young guys. But God's not done with me yet. He wants to use me, and he wants to use you. As Jesus' followers... Going to a place we have never been is not a destination. It is a lifestyle. And I have lived this lifestyle. And as, I, as, as Pastor Evan made that comment to me about, uh, you know, that I'm comfortable with this or I'm glad that you've done this before. Yeah, I've done it. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it. I still have anxiety. I still have trepidation. There's still a level of fear. But I've also done it before and I know what amazing thing God, things God does. And that's what I'm expecting for myself. That's what I'm expecting for you. But see, I can't walk for you. You have to consecrate yourself. You have to seek God. You have to move when God moves. I can lead this body, then you're going to be following my leadership, but you still have to move individually. But we have to move to see the amazing things. Are you ready? to make this your lifestyle. Are you ready when God says to move? I want to pray over you. But it really is something you need to think through because it will require change. And many of us don't do change that well. We say we want things to change, but when the change impacts us, it makes it harder. But God will help us. Remember, he's there already. He's walking with us to that place he will be there when we get there doing amazing things. Bow your heads, bow your heart. God, your people this day, 
We are saying we want to be used. We are ready to commit ourselves to going where we have never been before, to making this our lifestyle. Lord Jesus Christ, we commit ourselves to you this day. And we say, Lord, use us. And whatever it takes, we're willing to move, to change, to go, to adapt, to pivot. We're willing because you love the world so much that you want to use us to reach the world. The world that has changed and is changing and will never be the same. That's the world you want to reach. And we have been called at this time for this task. Lord, we accept that going to a place we have never been is our lifestyle. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.